0: Um, I probably have a tweet on that on my profile, Well, I got it. We're, we're ready to go, baby. I tweeted it out online so people will come in and we can start. It's great to talk to you again. It's great to hear yeah. you. Uh, yeah,
1: it's
0: been a while, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I last I, I, I saw you in August, sorry, um, March 2017. No, did you, where is it? I saw, no, 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 no. I saw you in, uh, did I see you in South Africa in... Uh, yeah. 2018 in... Uh... It must have been 2017, somewhere in Johannesburg. No, 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 the Johannesburg, uh, <laughs> that event, that event was in, t- it was in 20, 20- it was 2018. It was 20... 20- yeah, it was the blockchain, yeah, you're right, it was the 2018. Was the yeah. blockchain conference in 2018. Yeah, that, that's what it was. And it was definitely 2018, it was March. Uh March, yeah. <laughs>
2: exactly,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was a good time, it was at, uh... It was in Santon. It was in Santon. It, it was in Santon at the Microsoft head office, if yeah. You yeah, yeah. It was at a nice yeah. office. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, a, 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 lot, a lot has happened since then. I, I hope everyone like me has held on to their Bitcoin since then, because it's gone oh, <laughs> gone up quite a lot, quite a lot. <laughs> There's been a lot of change. I, mean, I think uh, sometime in 2018, a lot of people got dispirited, pro- pro- probably. Decided not to, to hold, them, and they probably dropped the board, sold some of uh, their Bitcoin because that was the time when Bitcoin went down all the way to like three thousand five hundred dollars. Yep. And then it's just uh, and <laughs> Yeah, that when we were when we were in South Africa, it was around I don't know, it was around ten thousand then probably it hadn't it hadn't had that big drop yet, but uh, yes, yes, yeah, at yeah. that time the price was still okay because it was just off the peaks of of 2017, yeah, of 17k, and uh, and we, we were all hopeful that it would drop any further. But anyway, it's all different because yes, we're grand, grand, right? now now what we should actually talk about is you know talking about price was in November of 2016 when I was in Harare when I was in Zimbabwe te- teaching people about Bitcoin, you know right. and- exactly. So, so so what I was gonna do is <laughs> I am just gonna do a
1: quick intro. Um, uh, so that people get get a sense of who you are and also where it comes from. So uh, let me just say this, um, I'm happy to welcome everybody on this uh, Twitter space and I've been on, this is the first time I'm doing this, so I'm just trying to figure out how the technology works. Um, I've, I've been in this space for, for a while myself, but I have on here Adam, uh the bitcoin master, this is what what is, what is basically known as and adam is a long time bitcoin evangelist he's been in crypto for a very very long time and i've known adam for years and like we're saying with met at crypto or blockchain conferences a few times before and we met, by the way adam in Harare in 2016 so adam was in 20 in, in harari in 2016 teaching people about bitcoin um at that time very, very, very active in the Bitcoin and cryptocurrency space in Zimbabwe. So, Adam, you wanna just quickly step in and just introduce yourself so everybody gets to know who you are, what you do, what makes you think, and please remember to share about your prolific YouTube channel where you always, always, always just talking about Bitcoin.
0: <laughs> uh, all right, yeah, that and that's that's just that's a good way to start it. Uh, well, I'm Adam Meister. I'm from the United States. Uh, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. In, in the United States, I found out about Bitcoin probably in 2011. I bought my first two Bitcoin at the end of 2013, and from the and I made my first video then also. And I already I, I was already a YouTube. I had made YouTube videos in the past about other subject matters about my hometown of Baltimore City, and I I transitioned because I got so excited about Bitcoin. I transitioned into making videos about Baltimore to making videos about Bitcoin. And I got the name Bitcoin Meister, Disrupt Meister. <laughs> and by, by 2015, I was so hardcore into Bitcoin. Um, I wanted to go to my first Bitcoin conference in 2015. Now, you might not even know this part of it. My first Bitcoin conference in 2015, I decided I'm an American. I, I hear all this about how Bitcoin is going to change the world. I got to see, you know, where the people really need it. And people are like, Africa is a great place for Bitcoin. And in April 2015, in Cape Town, that was the first Bitcoin Africa conference in in 2015, and so that was my. I traveled from Baltimore, Maryland, to Cape Town, South Africa. I'd never been to Africa before, and um, and that was it. and that was my first Bitcoin conference. So I've been tied up with Bitcoin and Africa. Lo- longer than a lot of people. I mean, people were talking. People were talking the talk back then. I was walking the walk. So uh, yeah, I-, I met a few South Africans there that I, I-, I stayed in touch with, and but but I, I made videos, a-, a couple videos in uh, Cape Town, and and from there, 2016. And but you might might remember in April of 2015. Bitcoin was really low. It was in the two hundreds, and there were very few people at this conference in Cape Town. But I didn't. I did not sell. I met. I met Laurian. Uh, I met Laurian then. Laurian uh, uh, who Yeah, that, that's when I first met Laurian. And. Uh, Abraham Cambridge, and Sonia, who's the lady who puts on all the conferences in South Africa, or a lot of them. I think at the time, the only only exchange in South Africa was probably Luna. Yeah, I believe they had a person there, too. Um, And all these, you know, what what I didn't like, and I still don't like, um, even back then, the South Africans... They wanted regulation. They're like, let's invite these central bankers here. And what's that gotten them? I I, I don't really, it, you know, there was just a big a big hack. Uh, uh, so, some uh, in South Africa, they, these guys just ran away with like billions of dollars of Bitcoin. And you know, they're they're the country that wants to be uh, uh, you know regulated. Didn't even help them. Um, but 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 what it did help, I will tell you this: if if you were at that conference in 2015. And, and you just you didn't value your wealth in RAND, you valued your wealth in Bitcoin, you're in great shape. I mean, my Lord, if you spent $200 or, or on a Bitcoin back then or $250, whatever it was, um, you know, you, you, you've done quite well. And the RAND has gone down the tube since then. The economic chaos that has occurred in Zimbabwe since then is unbelievable. Is also very, very un- unbelievable. Uh, the, the changes that have happened. I, I met Vinnie Lingham at that conference, and he was the guy. Vinnie Lingham, who is, is, is an American, is well, he's a South African and an American. He's from South Africa originally. Yeah, and 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 and, and, and Vinnie uh, at, at that time, I think, he was very, very active in, in in Bitcoin specifically. Oh, oh yeah. He was only Bitcoin, and he said to the crowd. You know, he asked the question, how low can it go? And some people were like, it could go to $50. And he (laughs) he said, it's not going to zero. And if it went, if it got to some of the numbers, you guys say there are guys in Silicon Valley who would just back up the truck and buy it all. So he, he was absolutely right. It, it it got to about 200, but there was just there was a point where there were smart people back then that were going to buy a ton of it if it, it got below 200. And and a, a long story short, I you know I be, you know I started making these videos and everything. And uh, Tawanda Kembo from Zimbabwe invited me to his event in November of 2016, yeah. but he knew I had that um that interest in it. And, and Lorian and I uh, spoke at the. Uh, the first Zimbabwe Bitcoin conference, and it was uh, it was a pleasure meeting everyone. If Bitcoin was seven hundred dollars then, and Lorian Gameroff gave everybody there, um, I remember he was giving point oh one. No, he gave. It, it was close. It, it was he gave five dollars worth of Bitcoin, and Bitcoin was seven hundred then. So yeah, I that. if you do if you do the math, it's it's worth. Um, I mean, it's it's worth a little, it's like worth $250 now or something like that, what, what he gave out. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's worth $250, roughly. Exactly. Because it, it's fi- it's 50x since then. It I has 50- remember getting uh, $5 worth of Bitcoin in time from L'Oreal, yes. Yes, yeah, so that was a, if the people ca- kept their Bitcoin, and not everybody kept their Bitcoin, They some yes. people got rid of it, uh, I think most people got rid of it, they, they, it would be 50, he basically gave away... Uh, or, 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 or they don't even remember where the wallet is. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember uh, Lorraine was getting people to download Mycelia, what Mycelia wanted at the time. Yeah, he was. it was on everybody's phone. He said, get, "Put your phone out." I mean, but now you'd have two hundred fifty dollars worth of Bitcoin. I mean, but uh, all, the weird thing um, back then, you know, with Zimbabwe was not having inflation. Then it was just you, you could not get dollars out of the bank. And I got to see it firsthand. I got to. I had to go to the bank <laughs> uh, because uh, the uh, Mozambique. For me to get into mozambique i had to wire them $100 a hundred dollars from a zimbabwe bank it was insane it's so backward to get into because it was l- last minute i was going to speak in mozambique also and you know instead of just going to the mozambican embassy and handing them a hundred dollars they made me wire so i had to go to the bank in zimbabwe long story short i saw the lines uh, how people just wanted to get a hundred dollars out of the bank um but uh, after I left, they, they brought back that, that currency, whatever that thing was called. And, they, and there was a new government eventually. And unfortunately, from what I can tell... Actually, just, just, just to recap,
1: 2015, when you were there, what was happening was that uh, there was a shortage of dollars. And dollars were the uh, legal tender at the time. So it was getting harder and harder to get cash out of the ATM. It sets a whole complex, all uh, sort of complex issues that was given rise to that. But let's take a, let's take a step, step back.
0: When you first bought your Bitcoin in 2013, uh, what was it priced and, at? And, and when you think back, what was the environment like? Just to give a picture to people who, uh, who, who just joined the world. Getting to know about Bitcoin now or in recent years. Mm -hmm. What was was it like at the time? What was the community like? Oh, there was like it it, 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 it was easy to understand that space at the time. mm -hmm. Um, And by the way, I've just invited as a speaker, Kulesan, who requested to talk. So uh, feel free to join in when you feel that you want to make a contribution. Uh, Well, I I will tell you this: that that day in it was November of 2013. And the reason I bought was because Coinbase had recently made it easier. Before then, there was no Coinbase. So I was not going to wire money to Mount Gox. My, my first two big my my first two Bitcoin, the total, the total cost for the two it was over, it was like $1260 or something. So Bitcoin was about $630 then. Let's say it was $630 a piece. And I was just excited immediately because it was that that November, it was pumping, it pumped to like $1,000. So I thought I was really smart. I, I told all my friends during a uh, Thanksgiving break in, in America, I was just telling, telling them all how smart, but there was hardly a community at all. I was just, I found out about it through like alternative economic websites. Like mm-hmm. there were no, there was no Bitcoin Twitter then at all. There was no, that, that didn't exist. Um media didn't quite cover. They were just
1: chasing romantic stories about who is Satoshi
0: and all that. Yes, that you're right. There there was those who is Satoshi stories back then. That was your only me- but there was alternative media was kind of covering it, but alternative media wasn't as as big back then. Uh and but so so it was like it was a desert of information, really a desert of information. And there were eventually after I made my first few videos. in in 2013, then 2014, by 2015, there were, there were people doing it on YouTube, but there were no podcasts. It was just, it was just a video. It was just YouTube people and and stuff. And I was one of the first guys doing it, but there, I don't know if Coin, Coin Telegraph might've came around like by 2014 or 15, there were a few publications and stuff, but, but 2013, 2013, you really had to kind of be in the know, you, you had to have some insider information, but I mean, I give Coinbase, once Coinbase opened, every American could have bought it very easily, very easily. Um. So, so
1: you were the first person to actually go mainstream on video.
0: Uh, there were there were other guys there there were some other guys before I was I was the first one there were there were I mean Tai Zen was around a guy a uh, uh, crypto Omar was around before I there were there were smaller guys there was some guy in Europe with a fancy car uh, there, there was a, there was a there was another one that had like crypto university or something there were a few guys. Uh, Oh, oh, and then there were some scammers too, even back, uh, some sketchy dudes. There were some sketchy dudes back then. Like there were guys that just had webs, like YouTube channels that would occasionally mention Bitcoin. Like their main topic wasn't Bitcoin. You you had to search, you had to do a Google search on Bitcoin and it would come up with like titles, names that had Bitcoin in it. But I will say this as there was in, in late 2013, there was no Ethereum. Ethereum was not talked about until. 2014. But they were t- there was Litecoin. There was Litecoin back then. But they're like coin, coin and coin market cap existed, but there were only like 50 coins. That's all there were in, in late 2013. And the only and the only place I knew you could buy it at, there was a site called BTC E. And you could trade in your Bitcoin for like Peer Coin and Litecoin and uh coin All these, there were these ancient uh Ancient altcoins back then, so it was, uh, and there was more talk. I mean, there was there was Bitcoin talk on Reddit, definitely, mm-hmm. and there was the site Bitcoin Talk. I remember that, but there were. not was, weren't, it instant, was it instant Charlie Shrem, and and of was it active at the time? I, I mean, I knew who Charlie Shrem was known at the time. I, that that's all I can remember. I, I do know that that Charlie Shrem was known at the time. I don't know what if he what he was running or or whatever. Um, but I I, I will say this. And you know, going 2014, 2015, bear, really bad bear market. It's not like many people joined then. It wasn't until 2016 when people started talking about the having that it, it, there clearly was a good momentum, and newbies came in. And, and what a year, what a difference a year made from like May of 2016 to to, <laughs> to 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 May of 2017. Everybody and their mother was all of a sudden in it and uh you know there were ethereum people there were the ICOs, so there was just a tremendous uh, but i mean i do give credit to sonia in, in south africa for for having wonderful job. yeah in, in 2015 she walked the walk all these people were talking about how bitcoin and africa need to go together well she had an event in africa and some of us a few americans um oh my god Well, one of the americans that, that made it over there besides me in 2015 was uh uh, w- what's his name? He, uh, uh, he, he just, he, he ran for, pre- he ran for president. Uh, he ran, what's his darn name? He just ran for president in the United he, He's, uh, he's a very wealthy guy. Uh, what is he? Did I run for president? He's, he's, uh, am uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name. He's famous in America. He was in movies when he was a kid. Um, uh, God, what? Okay, are, I want to look at him. Up. He, no, 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 he's, he was, he came to South Africa for the, uh, for the comments but he's if i just thought of his darn name now uh hang on a second let me uh, i'll look it up not not in new york he actually ran for uh president he lives in puerto rico uh god why can't i think of his name it's, it's embarrassing um once i say his name um brock pierce brock pierce Oh, Brock, Brock Pierce is uh, he, he was there. He—he—he's uh, very—I mean—he's—he's he's known for a lot of things, but he, I, I give him credit for being—he uh, was on Africa uh, early on also, and uh, yeah, it, it's—but—but—but uh, but, but what I've been preaching, you know, on the African side since I visited South Africa in 2015 is that you, the governments there are very unpredictable in terms of printing money, and that this is the perfect thing to be your savings account that everybody in South Africa, and especially Zimbabwe, um, should have gotten the Bitcoin back then and just st- started saving in Bitcoin. V- very few people did it. I mean, it was because it was scary back then, I guess. But it, it, there's still an opportunity because, my Lord, those countries um, all over the African... Co- and it's not just Africa. It's, I mean, most countries have very unpredictable uh, financial regimes where they you don't know what they're going to do next, so, from Argentina to, to Zimbabwe to... Eastern European countries. Uh, it, 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 it's pretty much a problem with fractional results, but basically. Yeah, but they really take it to a, extreme. I mean, we, just, just going over the history of Zimbabwe in the last five years, it went from, you know, you couldn't get money out of the bank to now there's it, it's inflation. They had hyperinflation again or something like that. So, I mean, it, it you know, they have hyperinflation one year, they you can't get money out of the bank the next year, then there's hyperinflation. I mean, it's it's insane. It's absolutely insane. And Zimbabweans, I, I, Zimbabweans had a Chance to—I mean, they still do. They, they could have gotten their money in the Bitcoin and be, be their own bank. Because my lord, you don't want to be dealing with the banks in that country. Woo, man, that—that that was a—that was quite an experience for me. And to, I mean, it left—it definitely left an impression seeing those those lines to, to get into the banks there. Uh, and, uh, and and in Mozambique, it was the same thing. I, I spoke to people. I'm like, it got at the time. It was in that same time period, a big bank in Mozambique had just closed and run away with everybody's money or something like that, and um, just. Being your own bank uh, is is so important in in a, in a developing country, and <laughs> and and valuing your wealth in Bitcoin, and and people in America, we don't people don't understand this at all. They they did they, they many people just use it for trading and speculation. Nat, I mean, it preserves your wealth. Now we're printing money like uh, crazy also now, but um, well,
1: the U.S. Has printed over two trillion in last uh,
0: eighteen months. Yeah, it's horrifying. It's absolute, and we we got stimulus checks when they announced. When, I mean, I knew we were going to get st- stimulus checks um, <laughs> over a year ago. When when they, they when they were scared about the virus and everything shut down, um, I knew. So I, I mean, I bought Bitcoin went during the panic on March whatever it was, March thirteenth, twenty twenty. Bitcoin for a second went under four thousand dollars, and I bought I bought more Bitcoin then. I knew I knew the government I knew the government was going to give us checks eventually, and sure enough, they gave us. Uh, I forgot how much they gave us worth uh, three thousand dollars worth of checks. The government, I mean, that's that's America for you. They, uh, three checks that total three thousand dollars. I spent it all on Bitcoin, all of it. And what what a great investment that was because you know, Bitcoin is Bitcoin has went from you know five thousand dollars to uh, whatever it's thirty five thousand, whatever it is today. I don't know. Well, it, it did go up to fifty four thousand. Oh yeah, that too. And, and, and I want to remind everyone, everyone who's dis- <laughs> who's disappointed that it's not sixty four thousand now, Bitcoin. Always returns to its all time high. You just have to be patient. You just have to be patient, and most people are not patient at all—not at all. Yes. Yeah. Comment for Kulesani. Uh, I muted you because you were making noise in your background, but I'm still trying to figure out how to unmute you because you requested to speak. So uh, give me time. I'm going to figure out how that works. Uh, so let's 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 do a deep dive uh, into some of the key issues uh, relating to crypto on the continent. Uh, I'm requested to, to to put this on the table. Have a question on it, as in, um, why should Africans care about Bitcoin? What are your thoughts on why uh, people on this call or anybody else for that matter should actually
2: care about Bitcoin? yeah, oh, oh, are
0: but you but that? yeah because the go- the governments are, are like I mean, from Nigeria to South Africa, uh, print they have economic policies that are insane and unpredictable. And they, I mean, some of these countries try to lock their people in their currency, you, their capital controls. It's for simply put for economic freedom. If you're in those countries that I, I've mentioned and, and many more that I don't even know, you know, I, I mean, I, I can learn every example on the planet if I want to. There is not true economic freedom. And some of it, there's like economic slavery almost. Where, I mean, when I was in Zimbabwe, you could not wire money out of the freaking country. That's so, that's horrifying. That's horrifying. So with Bitcoin, it gives you total economic freedom. You can wire money out of the country. You can preserve your wealth. You don't have to worry about the economic policy changing. The Bitcoin economic policy is the most stable and reliable economic policy ever created. There's only going to be 21 million of them ever. There's not going to be a surprise one day where you're holding your Bitcoin and there's, oh no, now they're 210 million Bitcoin. No, that's not, that's not happening. And it is happening on, in so many countries. Um, and, and I mean, I mean, I saw it, <laughs> I, I, I saw it firsthand when I was in Africa. It's, it's very unpredictable. So they just predict about predictability and freedom. That's why I think everyone, I think logical people care about predictability and freedom in, in, when it comes to their future and, and their, uh, their wealth. Yeah. For, 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 for people who are
1: new to Bitcoin a Very complex conversation to have, and maybe, 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 if we can take a few minutes to break it down. I'm going to explain it this way um, one of the most uh, interesting, enlightened, and educated people in the science of cryptography, I've been to my professor, I've been. <laughs> and so because of that, so this guy has written all the books he can think about on cryptography on cryptographic science and i i thought for that reason i decided to take this class and i realized even with always advanced knowledge in cryptography he actually doesn't quite appreciate bitcoin um even though even though bitcoin is built on cryptographic science the reason is there is a complex meshing of technology computer science economics monetary policy banking accounting all built into one thing which is difficult for people who are very specialized to understand so it's very possible on this call that there are some people who might just not get it do you want to just do a a scratch or maybe a deep dive into why the monetary policy of bitcoin actually matters?
0: well i I think you make you you brought up a very good point that there's you can study the technical aspects of bitcoin and be enamored with it, and then still be a no-coiner and not buy Bitcoin. I mean, it is—it's technologically awesome. I, I can't explain all the technological stuff, but it's, this is the thing, and, and and so that's very intimidating to some people. You gotta you gotta deep dive into the economic side of things. That's the reality that hits people on the ground. It doesn't matter how technically sophisticated it is, um, and how awesome blockchain is for uh for some uh, some farmer. In uh, in Angola or whatever, okay, that it, 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 it doesn't matter at all. It, it met the preservation of wealth, and, and the the basic thing is in you know the, the the type of money that everybody is used to on the planet Earth now is fiat money, money that is issued by governments, okay, and they can they can now because of computers they can print as much as they want to just at the flip of a switch. It's all digital anyway, and that. If if you have fifty thousand dollars in the bank, uh, and the government decides to pit, print a trillion dollars more, well, your your fifty thousand dollars isn't isn't worth as much anymore. It's not as scarce, and scarcity is what brings value to anything in life. And so, Bitcoin is a scarce commodity, um, and that that gives it a uh, an, an underlying value in this world where there's nothing that's scarce anymore, uh, and and I think. It, and, it's, and it's predictability too—that it's not, it's not changing. And with, with government-issued fiat currency, you don't know what, what the next step might be. You have a new president; everything might change. Um, they, they, they might say a thousand dollars is only worth—you know—it's—they they change the decimals on the uh, on the on the cash or something like that. They've done crazy things in the past, or, or make cash illegal. I mean th- that that's another thing. And you, th- in the fiat system, you mostly rely on third parties to hold your wealth, unless you have cash, which you what, you you put that under your bed or something like that, and that's not a good idea. Um, but with uh, with Bitcoin, you are your own bank. You're relying on yourself to control your wealth, and that can be a little scary for many people because if you make a mistake, um, you, you could you could lose it all, and you can't. There there are no refunds in Bitcoin. Uh, if you control your own private key, uh, but with a bank, of course, they could say, well, we'll never lose your money, but they, there could be bank bail-ins. The government can order banks to to take private citizens' money. With Bitcoin, you don't have to worry about that. It is unconfiscatable. That is one of the important aspects. Uh, you know, fiat money is very much uh, confiscatable. You, know, you tell the bank, this person is a terrorist and they 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 will take the money away. Uh, from the so-called terrorists and it, with, with your bank account in the United States, even you can't wire money to certain countries. They'll stop you with Bitcoin. I can wire my Bitcoin, not wire. I can send my Bitcoin to anyone on earth. It doesn't matter what country they're in. It, it is uncensorable. So they're like f- fiat, fiat money, fiat money has a lot of limitations, and Bitcoin busts through those limitations right there. So they, I, I, I admire the computer scientists who are enamored with the uh, with the uh, technical aspects of it. But and that's great that it's technically solid that adds value to it. But people, regular people who want to preserve their wealth, uh, sh- shouldn't worry about that very much. Uh, I'll say that. Mm-hmm. So, so, so you make a very interesting point that what, what actually is very important because. Uh, a debate that always
1: comes up is, uh, especially from technologies, is, oh blockchain is exciting, it's a very good technology, especially from the companies, right? Uh, but the token that runs on the blockchain, on the Bitcoin blockchain, is what we don't like, so they don't like the Bitcoin, but they like the technology that, brought, that that Bitcoin brought, which is blockchain. Uh, so they try to make the split of the security that runs on the blockchain from Blockchain itself and say, Oh, the technology is good, but we don't like the Bitcoin that runs on (laughs) it. And and to me, you make a very interesting point that the economics of it is what actually matters. And I'm going to summarize a few key issues there. Number one, the monetary policy that runs on Bitcoin, which is you don't print it in perpetuity and there's a limitation in the supply, or it's kept. Which, which itself is another rabbit hole, because we say 21 million Bitcoins, and we know what Bitcoins are out there, but they actually, actually be far less, because there's some people who have had their wallets blogs, others have forgotten about it, they forgot their password and so forth. So the actual, the actual Bitcoin that's in circulation is probably much less than the number that we take into account often. So, having uh, said that, um, the, the, I invited
3: Kulisari to speak, so do you want to just tap in very quickly? Oh, thank you for your uh thank you for inviting me to join all right i I just wanted to say uh for me the whole thing that excited me about this whole blockchain and Bitcoin thing was uh, I don't know whether we was watching something on cNBC or something uh, around 24 about uh, Satoshi Nakamoto, Nakamoto, Nakamoto is there and, and white paper and the whole blockchain thing, and at the time, I think Bitcoin was around $100, something was around uh, that, that, that was way after uh, Adam bought his first Bitcoin, 2017. <laughs> it was 24, this is 24, I think. Okay, 24, yeah.
1: 24. Yeah. Did, did yeah. The, the white paper came out in 2008, in 2009, and then nah. Bitcoin this was first released I in years. This is the first time I'm hearing about it, right? And all this time
3: I was, because um, I did economics made uh, A level, right? So he had currency and all that, right? US dollar, we had all you know, that. So this is a whole new thing, um decentralized money and all that. And I was like, wow, and the whole, the whole blockchain thing. And I was like, wow. It, 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 it blew me away, right? <laughs> <laughs> for me, uh, living in a country like the Bible, right, with the old queues and hyperinflation and all that, I was like, maybe we need that decentralized money, and it might help my people in conducting all that, and planning and budgeting. For, <laughs> for me, that that thing that drove me to people in prison, so my view is, how do we incorporate that into our day to things like it's a <clears> problem <throat> or it's africa uh, since uh, This is what drove me to question my, because the topic is in Africa. Take,
1: that's, 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 a,
0: that's, a, that's, a, that's
1: a very straightforward
0: question. I suspect that we're going to cover. Well, wait, I—I wait. I, I mean, how do you incorporate it into your day-to-day life? I will say this: the easiest thing you could do is make it your savings account. That will be your savings account. That—that—that's—that's that's the easiest. That's—that's that's how you're going to save. Don't have a dollar savings account. Have a have a Bitcoin savings account. So whenever you you're stashing away a little money for the future. You you buy Bitcoin and you forget about it. That is your savings account. That's how you can incorporate. Because I I some people are going to say, well, you can you can spend it on this. And no 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 don't don't spend it. <laughs> you re- you will regret spending it. That is in a country in those countries, it's it's not meant for spending yet. It's it's meant for savings for preserving wealth. Now it, you know you could encounter a situation though where you've got a relative in another country. And you need he's he's in big trouble. He he needs money. And you have no way of sending him money out of the country, you know, the, the Zimbabwe banks aren't letting you wire money out. Then, okay, you're gonna that that's not an everyday occurrence, but for, for an emergency, you would you would get Bitcoin and wire him the Bitcoin, and that, that would get him the wealth, and then it would be up to him to figure out how to transfer it to 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 use that Bitcoin to save his butt in the other country. But I'm telling you, in this con- in this world that we live in right now. This isn't 2013 anymore. This isn't 2016 anymore. You, if you get anybody in this world that they got Bitcoin, they could find somebody that's going to give them the local fiat for it, it that they need to, to pay somebody off with. So, um, but, but, but my, the, the, for an everyday occurrence, just how, how it can help people in their everyday life use it as, a, as a savings account. That's, that's what I would say. Absolutely. And also just, I don't know if you're on concern yet, when um. Adam started talking about 2015, 2016, when he was in Iran with uh, Lorien, the Monroe, and they were giving away $5 worth of Bitcoin for free. Uh,
1: probably, I think that's probably worth $250 or so now, yeah. that $5. So, that can show you the power of saving in cryptocurrency, if you like. Uh, it, 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 the mathematics is just that simple. One underlying thing that, that um, Adam is making, is the reality that government issued currencies, which is fiat, is inflationary by design. So it's designed to inflate. Whereas Bitcoin is deflationary by design. So it's designed to deflate. Uh, we're not going to the technical elements of that unless somebody says a specific question. But let's jump on to uh, uh, another issue. How can we, one of the issues that I deal with, or one of the questions that I deal with, almost very frequently, is how can I buy Bitcoin, that's by people who are on the continent of Africa, and why they have to buy, why it's very difficult, complicated for them to buy Bitcoin. Part of that problem relates to the liquidity situation or liquidity problems
0: of Bitcoin on the continent. In your opinion, Adam, what do you think we need to do to deal with the liquidity issues? There's just not enough Bitcoin on the continent, and sometimes it's hard for people to buy Bitcoin from outside the continent. How do you think that works out? Yeah, you see, you're, you're asking, you're asking an American this question, and we have the easiest ways to buy Bitcoin, uh, you know. And uh, the, the, what I would suggest is you sign up for one of these exchanges that is not in Africa. Um, there, there are ones. Um, then, but how would you wire the money to those exchanges though, is is the question. Uh, Yeah. And I mean, there's local Bitcoins, there's, you know, going to Bitcoin meetups and just straight up meeting people in person and handing them cash. I mean, if you, if you got to do it like that, but I would, I don't know the South African exchanges very well, but I would think they, (laughs) if. If you have access to something that's rand delineated, uh, that you'd be able to hook up with them. I mean, that that is. I am no expert on that, but if you could some, if you could get into the South African ecosystem, um, that would help the, the liquidity uh, issue uh, right there. But 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 unfortunately, you know, there's the regulations that are in countries like Zimbabwe that don't let exchanges open up easily. From what I've been told and uh th- that that is a problem like my, a suggestion i would have is to i mean this is a roundabout way there's a god i was so impressed by the people their their education in zimbabwe i mean a lot of technical skills just do some you know in, in this world we're living in now there's so much remote work get get a job online like an assignment and get paid in bitcoin for like a one i mean you could do social media work for people um that, that i mean th- this is an interesting concept there there are many since every in zimbabwe english is the language and english english is the language of bitcoin by the way too any any conference you go to they're speaking english at but all these youtube creators all these social media people all the people you see out there they need help I mean, They're and about yes, there's so I mean, if you're from Zimbabwe and, and all of these Westerners are enamored with Africa, they've never been to Africa, but they all think it's the future of Bitcoins in Africa. So you make them a pitch and say, you know, pay me this amount. I can help you market it in Africa. You know, you, you go to just any sort of Bitcoin or cryptocurrency related company. You pitch them some skill where you can help them. They will probably hire you and just pay you bitcoin that that was my roundabout way of of, of getting li- liquidity just uh you know, get paid in bitcoin basically get paid by westerners or who whoever to to work for them online and get paid in bitcoin and that that helps your uh, liquidity issue right there i mean that's you're not buying it you're earning it so that, that that's a way around it but i but i i i do understand that it's the the way we in america it's so easy for us just to, to go to an exchange sign up Yes, yes. And, and buy the Bitcoin. It's not that easy there. And you're gonna and it's a little it's more dangerous. I mean, if you gotta if you gotta if you know someone who owns Bitcoin and they want cash for it, well that's a that's a you know, a physical contact type of situation. Uh but I mean it, it involves some trust and, and networking on the ground. Uh, do you think do you think if um we started doing my breaks? in Africa, in Zimbabwe, South Africa, Botswana, Mozambique. That would help in generating liquidity. Wait, what, mining, you said?
1: Yeah, mining. You, you know, mining is
0: moving out of China right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's an opportunity, too. That's an opportunity, too. And that, that's... I mean, that takes a lot of money. But... Uh, it you, no i, I, I gotta—I got to tell you, though. You're on to something there, right there. So, some of these uh, governments... <laughs> I... <laughs> this would be a tremendous project if, if, if a big moneyed individual in in the West mm-hmm. you know came to an African government and said hey we, we want to let us open a mine here it's going to bring wealth into your country we need certain incentives to do this to make it worth our while because all the minings moving out of China now so let's let's you <laughs> you, you, you guys can provide <laughs> yeah I think I think it's a unique opportunity right now I mean, I always say, be in motion. The 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 mining is clearly moving out of China. It's got to move somewhere. These African leaders are known for their backdoor deals. I don't approve of backdoor deals, but uh, you know, it's an it's an opportunity, right? Right. I mean, Mozambique could do it. Who knows? Uh, any. I mean, I, I, I can't make any predictions, but it's it's worth a shot. And that that would add, that that would add that would add liquidity right there, uh, definitely. If a if a country made Bitcoin mining legal, they would clearly make exchanging it legal and, and make it much easier for the people to get a hold of it. But the, the leader would have to be pitched; he probably would have to be bribed and, and, and stuff. But it's there. You go. That that, that that's a that's a good uh, opportunity. I I like that idea. Yeah, it's
4: a, it's
1: it's, it's on, on here or, off, or, or offline we'll probably explore how the economics of solar would work because that could be an opportunity but you mentioned Mozambique and Mozambique has um, an excess of power supply because they have a very good hydro project probably but they will also have some um, gas projects that are in the pipeline currently disturbed by some um, armed insurgency going on there but uh, that's an opportunity
0: uh, for, for, for my... Uh, well, well, actually, I, I have another idea. You know, we talked about Westerners funding such a project. China has a tremendous uh, footprint in Mozambique. They bought, they built the freaking airport in... Uh, uh, the, 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 what's this? Yes, they built the Maputo Airport. That's what I was told when I was... It was a pretty nice airport. Um, it was new. It was new then, or in, in newish... But they, these, so, okay, we know in, in China that the corrupt leaders there are against Bitcoin. Okay. So they, they got to put on a face that they hate Bitcoin. But you know, some of those corrupt leaders are buying it behind the scenes. Well, some of them could, if they've got their, um, tentacles in Mozambique, they could just do in Mozambique when they couldn't do in China anymore. You, you see what I mean? Chi- I mean, there's no doubt that China, there's many, uh, Chinese governments have, I mean, with Chinese, uh, have their the Chinese government has their fingers in many African governments now, and thus they could pretend that they hate Bitcoin in China, but in Africa, through some backdoor methods, they could l- allow the. Uh, that they could allow the mining to be set up there now I mean that that's an opportunity the to that's an opportunity also now I, I I'm not I, I don't know how one would go about setting things up I definitely wouldn't want to deal in, in such a situation with corrupt Chinese officials but it's it's quite possible it's it's, it's quite possible you could do that connection too tying the yeah. the, the, the Chinese presence that's already in Mozambique with their interest in Bitcoin and with the uh, the excess power that's in Mozambique. And there you go. We're making up things as we go along here. It's yes, 10 minutes at to the top of the hour. Uh, those have questions, just request to speak and I'll give you the opportunity or the chance to speak. And when you do that, if you have any questions or contribution or comment that you want to share, uh,
1: please just request to talk. All right. um, so. There are a number of things that we're on the agenda that we probably won't be able to fix today we'll probably set up another conversation where we'll touch on those things. So for example, uh, how can we push mass adoption of cryptocurrencies and not just Bitcoin, but other options that are available and are probably easier to mine. But that's, that's, that's the metaphor of the day. And perhaps just picking your thoughts on regulation. But let me just invite those that have questions and want to, or have insights that they want to share before we wrap up the conversation. Anybody with any question or contribution to make? All right. Uh, Let's jump on to uh, what your thoughts are with regards to one of the things that. Come ask a question. Sorry, go ahead. Hi. Um, uh, Interesting discussion. Um, I think I've heard very positive things about Bitcoin on this discussion, but I recently came across Nacinta Labs' Bitcoin Black Paper in which he claims that the value of Bitcoin is zero, and he gives several reasons why that's the case. And he talks about how Bitcoin fails as a total value as an inflation hedge and as a total hedge. Uh, And he talks about
4: how Bitcoin depends on manners to validate transactions and it's it has it has sort of an incentivization system that other things like gold do not have. Um it also talks about how Bitcoin won't hurt your portfolio against a market crash I think we've recently seen this with uh the volatility in the crypto space, people taking the money out of Bitcoin. And um you know, he also talks about how it won't protect you from... So the claim is that it's decentralized, but actually the claim was that you know, no one could track you. I think the US government had been able to do that recently with the, the ransom incident yeah, yeah. where they were able to actually track people. So I wonder what it or on all those criticisms.
0: Oh, yeah. That's... You brought up a lot there. You brought up a lot yes, Bitcoin can be tracked. It is not private. That, that wasn't a secret. Um, that's, uh, that's not one of its, uh, it, it's, uh, it, that's not one of its selling points. So that actually makes governments more likely to accept it, um, and not regulate it because it is, you know, the, it takes, it's hard, but you can track it. So, but th- that it doesn't, it's not a good, uh, preservation of wealth or it's, it's worth zero. He says it's worth zero. First of all, he, he's a, He's got some uh, controversies with some dudes on Twitter. He's, he's pretty bitter towards some uh, pro-Bitcoin people. So he says things that are pretty outrageous. But I got to tell you, it's going it's going to zero. Bitcoin started out on uh, January, what was it, January 3rd, 2009. Okay, it was worth zero dollars then. And ever since then, people said it was worth zero. I mean, we, we talked about, you know, technical people versus reality people. Technically, you can say anything isn't worth It has zero value in the end of the, in the end of the day, but, 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 but in re in reality, it's been 12 freaking years, 12 over 12 years, and it's worth quite a lot. And there are tremendous American companies buying it up and not just worldwide companies buying it up so you can keep on saying all this theoretical nonsense. I live in the real world. He says it's not a good way to protect my wealth and that during a market crash, it doesn't help. Why on March the 13th of 2020, when I spent $10,000 on two Bitcoin as the market crashed, I spent $10,000 on two Bitcoin. Why are those Bitcoin worth close to $70,000 now? It, it, It seems to me that I was quite protected from the market crash, that my wealth was preserved. And I, I'm doing quite well with, with those two Bitcoin. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. That's, that's reality. That that's reality right there. Every all time high it has returned to it. That is reality. Um, I, I, you know, what are some other criticisms there? Uh, you know, it's, I mean, the, the I mean, I don't, I don't think there's much, uh, you know, that a better Bitcoin could be created or something like that too. That, that's another thing to remember these during these 12 years. There just haven't been one or two competitors to Bitcoin that are private or that are do do special things. There have been thousands that have attempted to be the net, and Bitcoin remains on top. So we can talk about all this theoretical stuff, but we have twelve years of on the ground experience, and uh, and a lot of people use the same excuses over it, that it could be hacked. It has. It's never been hacked. It's not confiscatable. I think maybe that's uh, something that was said too. It's only if you give your Bitcoin to like Coinbase or a Bitcoin bank, you don't control your own Bitcoin. If you control your own Bitcoin private key, they, no one can take it. They can't figure out what your private key is. It, it, it's yours. Um, and you said something about gold. Um, and just comparing gold and Bitcoin, I mean, you can't send gold, you, you know, going from America to Mexico. Good luck bringing gold across the border with you. I mean, you're going to get arrested. Um, but with Bitcoin, they don't even know. I mean, it's it's a number in your head, uh, or, or I mean, you just send it electronically. So I mean, there's a, he is a he brings up a lot of old points. He's 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 got some hatred toward Bitcoin because he's gotten into these arguments on Twitter. And and I, and I warn people, you know, don't get emotionally into this stuff on Twitter. Like a lot of people go down these rabbit holes and they become either Bitcoin fanatical lovers are Bitcoin fanatical haters and they just waste their time screaming at each other all the, and they become crazy. Like Nassim Tlaib has become a a little crazy there with his hatred of Bitcoin. Um, so, I mean, the bottom, the bottom line is don't be, you know, actually have some Bitcoin and experiment with it instead of just talking about it in theoretical ways. And I think there's all these people that just love to theorize the worst of the worst, but they just don't do. And if you actually did something over the last 11 years, you'd be freaking rich right now. Pound that like button, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's very interesting. I noticed uh is well, requesting to speak again. But I just wanted to, to, to touch on the things that he has raised as well. That, uh, and some of the things he has touched on. Um, and just, just to recap, Bitcoin is not anonymous. Bitcoin is pseudonymous. So so so, so 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 you can go on the blockchain and see what transactions are going on there so that's very possible so it is take down
1: change. Because if you don't control the private keys, you don't
0: Okay. Yeah. I've got th- three things. One of them you hit on. The, the, a huge risk is it, trusting your Bitcoin with a third party, involving any sort of third party with your Bitcoin, whether it be trying to trade it or sending it somewhere to get interest. That is a, that's a horrible risk right there. And I advise people don't involve third parties. Don't, don't come into Bitcoin thinking you're a trader either, uh, because what you might end up doing is buying more Bitcoin than you can really afford to own. That, that's a mistake too. That's a, that's a huge mistake, buying more, buying more Bitcoin than you can uh, uh, afford to own uh, and uh, get, getting into trading. And uh, in, in certain countries, like pretend you're in Venezuela, for instance, and you you've bought Bitcoin. No one knows that you bought Bitcoin, but you make an announcement on social media that, you, you know, it's, I, I'm a Bitcoiner now. This is saving my butt. Um, that's a risk, too when you, in in certain countries, making yourself public in terms of, because then you, some of these countries, if they know you're a Bitcoiner, they might put you on some list of people to to look out for. So there, there's a, there's a publicity issue about and that's the cool thing about Bitcoin. You, you can be pretty much private with it, but there are plenty of people. And I'm one of them uh, (laughs) who who go public. and, And that's the end that, that is the end. Like, you're going to be on a list. If, and that, that, that is a risk. You don't know when your country is going to go totalitarian on you. So th- that, that's definitely a Bitcoin risk right there. Uh, if, if you own it and make it known to someone, there's a risk that your government, if it turns totalitarian, will come after you and try to uh, say you're a terrorist or, or, or something like that. Uh, thank you for that answer. but I, I was looking
4: more for you know, intrinsic risk rather than peripheral risk. So the, the things that you guys have talked about are uh, don't use a third party to trade your Bitcoin, uh, and that's given. Um, you know, that's a, that's, a, that's a peripheral risk, not an intrinsic risk to Bitcoin. I would look more for Bitcoin as a uh, store value or <laughs> uh, uh, market crashes. You know, what, what are the risks inherent to Bitcoin?
0: I mean, the biggest, the biggest risk, and I don't think it's happening, is if the, the code something gets put into the code that totally uh, wrecks it, that that it, it just stops working. But that's nothing like that's happened. That's happened with altcoins and stuff. But I mean that's your that's your that's your biggest risk. I don't think it's a big risk at all. But I mean something could go go wrong with the code. Something could be found that could totally take it down. Um, and, but there are many eyes watching it. Uh, and but it, it, people could point to other altcoins that have to, that are broken in, in various ways and say, well, maybe that could happen to Bitcoin. But uh, uh, other than that, I uh, right now, I mean, it's it's been tested for 11 years here, and uh, nothing seemed to brought it down. Uh, to, I mean, I think I, I don't think uh, there uh, there are any uh, you know if there was if something was added that was supposedly an improvement and broke it, that that would be bad. Uh, but oh, just just tech, tech, technical. I mean, technical basics, basically. If, if there's something wrong with it that we do not know, that is that that's that's the biggest risk.
1: Yeah, and I would add to that by saying that uh, two, I see two risks. Uh, the first one is that the, the value of Bitcoin fluctuates in the short term. So depending on when you want to move in and out of Bitcoin. Um, because the value fluctuates, you might lose some value, that's number one. But in the, in the long run, the long-run trend is a graph that's going down. But in the short term, you might see prices could be $75,000 now and then tomorrow, 31000 and so forth. So you get all the stuff that's a risk, depending on when you want to go in. The other risk I see is people who are actually trying to trade Bitcoin. So people are try, trying I have not seen any upside to trading Bitcoin. It yeah, was very easy to, 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 to make losses, uh, so, so so because of those fluctuations, there is some risk that arise from that. And then touching on the point that uh, Adam raises, in the unlikely event,
0: Great point. I, I think that's a that, that's a, that's an excellent point. The government will gain nothing. They will lose power. If they, if they're a benevolent government, they will understand it will make their people wealthier. Though, but do do they that, that that's the balance? Do they want the, their people to be wealthier? Or do they want their people to have financial freedom? That that will, uh, but but they will have to give up power over their currency. And so, I don't see many countries willing to give up power of the printing press giving up power over their finance because they don't have anything to gain. They lose their power over the people if they allow Bitcoin to, to be uh, the, the reserve country. I mean, it, it would the country would become wealthier, but their power would go away. So that incentive is gone. So you, you're, you're on to something right there. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I, I want to ask you a good question. Uh, in 2016, Bitcoin was trading uh, about...
1: Seven hundred dollars, the reserve bank had spent one million dollars on Bitcoin. How much do you think they'll
0: be holding in reserves today? Well, I mean, if they bought it when it was six hundred, if they bought it when it was seven hundred dollars, I mean, it's gone up fifty. X. So you said they bought a million dollars, it would be fifty million dollars. I mean, it would be an. Inc- that's what. Of course, they should be. They should be putting it on in the putting it in their reserves. Is is a little bit different than what the question? I mean, that would be great. I, I, I see countries are g- definitely going to do that, but they're not going to make it. They're not going to get rid of their own currency. They're not going to make yeah, Bitcoin the official that's, 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 currency. So, yeah. so the point I was making to to, to to the question is, in some cases, there is a downside for them to legalize Bitcoin, but. That's not to say they can't. There's a country called El Salvador that is just Bitcoin (laughs) legal tender. That's number one.
1: But El Salvador is not the first country to make Bitcoin legal tender. Back in 2016, Japan made Bitcoin legal tender. I think it was the first parliament in the world to actually push regulation that recognized Bitcoin as legal tender. So so this is not new. But I also wanted to bring the angle that it is. I was saying that it makes sense, sense for me to actually buy Bitcoin and keep it to reserves Because, it's, because it's, 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 it's there's just value coming out of it and the value doesn't need to be theorized, it's practical. It's practical value, so it's very useful for for, 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 for reserves. One thing that I wanted to highlight too, especially for people in South Africa, uh, as a risk uh, in relation to the question that came up. There lots of cryptocurrencies scams in South Africa, especially uh, Bitcoin scams. Uh, I've been dug into how they work, but you get also this traders asking you to.
0: yeah i I would just warn people there have been scams in south africa like with one coin and stuff don't try to diversify for the sake of diversification you know some people think they need a crypto portfolio they end up buying some a complete scam some mmm type of thing just I, i would just advise people keep it simple stick with the bitcoin um and know how to send a bitcoin learn how to do that Um, many people who think they own Bitcoin, they just own it at an exchange. They don't know how to send it off of the exchange. You got to learn how to send the Bitcoin because then you truly own Bitcoin. But uh, many people just, they want to have a crypto portfolio. They buy all these altcoins. They don't know how to send them. They don't even know what they really are. Sometimes they're scams totally. Uh, And again, this is, I mean, a lot, the one coin thing, it it hit Africa. It it hit a lot of places and a lot of people really got screwed by that. Uh, that That was a few years ago, but it's good to bring it up because these things come in cycles. These these scams and people that don't really know what Bitcoin is, they think, "Oh, this is just as good." This is they say it's a cryptocurrency, and look how much it's gone up. And it's not even a real thing. So, but but the, the, but the simple the simple way to, to to learn how to send the Bitcoin that that's the lesson of the day. I'm leaving people with yeah. You- oh oh oh, oh wait, And there's there, there there's one important thing. You don't you can buy a fraction of a Bitcoin. That, that's another thing many people don't know. You could buy $10 worth of it, you could buy 10 rand worth of it, whatever. Um, you don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. A lot of people don't know that. Exactly. It's very, this is a very important point to emphasize and
1: re-emphasize. Bitcoin is the most divisible currency there is in the world. Right? You can buy it in fractions. So don't worry about spending
4: large amounts of money. You can buy $10, $5, 100 dollars or $1,000 worth of Bitcoin. At any point, Mr. Commissioner, can we have Yeah, 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 quickly. Um, yeah, thanks for, for the discussion. Um, very informative. Um, a couple of points I wanted to make. I think, um, in terms of um, cryptocurrency in general and uh, Bitcoin, I think what it needs uh, for our for us uh, as people or as individuals is to really um, get sort of scenarios modeled in terms of how it would um, help people's um, either uh, portfolios or how it would help them with um, transactions. Uh, growing um, the scenario into a bigger scale, I think there are lots of questions to answer in terms of um, what the transition economics will be like in terms of for countries adopting Bitcoin, um, whilst either they're still keeping a fiat regime in place and things like that. Because there are many sort of multilateral bilaterals which we need to see how would they sort of transition in terms of, let's say, uh repayments of um imf uh loans when do you pay them do you pay them when bitcoin is at eighty-five thousand, or when it is at twenty-five thousand? and somebody um somewhere is going to to lose so we i think we need to address that in terms of um of the risk and seeing um how as well? Because I think we've just spoken about Bitcoin, uh, but we are in a multiple sort of crypto environment where we have many different ones. There is Ethereum. We have there's there's coming up. So we, we need to speak about valuation and valuation in uh, in relationship to any fiat regimes which remain in place and as well any sort of commodity best value in terms of they will still be gold gold is not going to disappear and all those things need to also speak to um countries ease of either extracting value from other sort of um value repositories. so um a country like australia might have a competitive advantage in terms of extracting gold whereas it's not the same for England. So all those sort of um, economic um, aspects which relate to how crypto valuations come into play will need to be uh, to be spoken about. Then there's the big case of um, politics. Um, some of the way that the world is sort of going on is through quantitative easing, which is really central bank uh, governance. And then if we are talking about Bitcoin, we need to see what futures contracts a country can make with itself to say, I am going to generate this much amount of coins and do infrastructure projects like what Joe Biden is doing to say, this is what we're going to do in terms of infrastructure that one trillion will pay back when that value is realized. All the things that we calculate, net present value, or, or sort of um, discount um, cash flow. or uh, or crypto uh, sort of model so all those need to be answered but i think we have spoken spoken in terms of what we really like about bitcoin but we need to see how is it sort of suitable for everybody how is it feasible and how is it sort of um acceptable so it, it, it there are quite some issues to address this Are you like, I mean, I mean, sorry are you I an mean? academic uh i just uh study around uh but um it's just things to think about because we, uh, i was we, just going to challenge you to to start exploring that from an academic perspective because, because another point i just wanted to make uh, which is the last is around uh, how bitcoin and sort of decentralized uh, finance you uh, sort of um, think of how are we going to have capital allocation, let's say, at a national level. Let's say if we wanted to procure COVID-19, let's say there's a COVID-30 in um, in 2030, and let's say we have a big sort of decentralized finance, how do we... Try to procure things for the common good yet probably money sort of controlled in more individualized wallets and things like that. So it's, 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 it's all those things that I just wanted to put on the table for as sort of food for thought and uh, if you have quick answers together
0: with um, your guest speaker then we might hear that today. Uh, thanks a lot. Well there's a couple ideas. there's a couple quick answers actually. He's worried about it uh, on a national level you know how the how the countries of the world going to deal with Bitcoin dude let them worry about it as an individual you move before they move that that, that's one thing I got to say if you know in one of your examples with the IMF how do you if if you're a country that has Bitcoin in your reserves and you've done very well with it when do you decide to pay the IMF back you don't pay the IMF back. You don't need them anymore. That's why you had the Bitcoin in your reserve. Uh, th- that's what I. Would, that's what I would tell that country. But I don't think any country yeah. is that bold to use Bitcoin. I get, I, I get that point. The thing is, um, that's why I say the scenario modeling because we need to
4: see what do we need to exist. Um, the environment we need in terms of existing as nations. Do we still need that or not? Because there are things that will still need to be attended to with certain sort of um, cohorts of um, either demographic people just put together in a group. Um, but it seems like um, we are speaking at an individualised level. That's why I said we, we might just need to see more of those scenarios where we are dealing with it at individual, community level, national level, um, regional level, because all these things um, it, it's, a, it's a paradigm shift which we need to sort of model so that we can answer uh, knowing the consequences of, um, of it. Um, I don't deny that an individual might not worry about paying the IMS but as long as Zimbabwe exists and has debt, um, then um, there is probably an obligation which needs to, to be met somewhere. So it's trying to answer that. How do we step away from that if we can step away from that, or how are we going to leave if we are departing? Yeah. Obviously, obviously, obviously you're raising policy questions. Yeah. Um issues that people need to think at the policy level.
0: Um and, and the point Adam is making is that as an individual worry less about policy of government and policy makers worry about policy. But it's very important point I raise, Maybe um, that is because yeah, yeah. Like
1: people who have to think about
0: things at a policy level. Yeah, so, I, 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 that's exactly what I was going to say. These are all these are things that policymakers. Everything he brought up, they better worry about it. Yeah, they they do have that on their plate. Um, uh, and uh, that that's for them. That is de- definitely excellent points right there. I mean, it seems like you you know you you asked him if he was an academic. He seems like you have been on the policy side of things before. Yeah, I, I could yeah, I could, yeah. So, Oh, because, yeah, Yeah. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, All right. I'm a layman, uh, based in Zimbabwe. And um, on the subject, uh, my question is um, uh, on the supply of Bitcoin. I understand uh, the limit is is 21 million,
1: and uh, currently around uh, 18.5 uh, million Bitcoins have been uh, mined. Just uh, to explain to a layman, what does that mean? When we 21 million, what happens then? um from from from, from there just to explain all the supply of uh of of bitcoin okay let me ask Adam to
0: address will you you do it real you can do it real quick you do it real quick 6.25. Six, point, yeah. six, point, six point two five. Were there? Okay. Yeah, six point. whatever. Yeah. i wouldn't worry about the year 2100 right now uh that much but uh i I think uh we've got a lot of smart minds out there and it will be quite obvious then what's going on but uh a lot a lot of people ask you know what happens when there's no more new bitcoins mined uh yeah that's it's the year 2130 it's uh what you just said basically explains what it appears will happen, but I don't think uh, we're going to have to worry too much about that. But God God willing, we get life extension technology, and we do. We, we shall see. Yeah, that, that, that's a hundred years away from now. Yes, over a hundred <laughs> right. years. Yeah, any other questions or
1: comments before we wrap up? Uh, there is someone called um, they requested to speak. Jenga Hashimoto. yourself if you like to uh, make a contribution. Right, if there is no more questions or comments, we'll just read-
0: you for having me on and yeah we i'd love to do this again um again for people just you can buy a fraction of a bitcoin you could follow me on twitter at, at uh the best places t-e-c-h-b-a-l-t on twitter t-e-c-h-b-a-l-t but just look up adam meister on twitter look up adam meister on youtube disruptmeister.com you i do a show i do shows quite often and uh, send me your questions. And uh, yeah, it's it's been a really good time. I, and I, I really believe in uh, it, this will preserve the wealth of Africans and all sorts of people. And I have not just, I just don't talk to talk about Africa. I went to the Bitcoin conference, three Bitcoin conferences there. There, <laughs> there are not many people that could say that. I I didn't hear you name one shit coin. I didn't hear you name one, you know, founder who's got a great vision for changing the world. No man, you said 500 Satoshis. Yep. That's the best shit coin in
3: the world. And it's the cheapest one, dude. It's 100 millionth of a fucking Bitcoin. And they think it's just so stupid. Because when they catch on, this is the only coin that people are going to want to trade. You're so right, Baltimore. SAT.
2: SAT. Yeah.
0: SAT. <laughs> 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 thank, thank you. Thank you. you and, and, and that is something to remember i mean when i've traveled to different countries they've asked me w- what i want to buy the litecoin type of bitcoin they think B- bitcoin is known as yeah yeah but they know but B- bitcoin is the one it's not like well, I mean, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, I don't try to confuse. If you want to be, if you want to be popular, you could bring up every single altcoin and think you're so smart by talking about the team that manages it and everything, and let them do what they're gonna do. I keep it real simple, and it's paid off real nice oh it just treat you yeah, buy and hold buy buy and hold i know it seems boring it's not like trading for litecoin or trading for dash or trading and flipping and doing this that and, no uh, keep it simple learn how to send a freaking bitcoin before you get into all this nonsense so i'm glad you appreciate that that perspective thank you much you know what i i, mean, I'm in, I'm in twitter. Yeah, I Fuck
3: twitter i'm making I have to see what building fucking shit that won't knock you out, say what you want, swear, yeah. okay, whatever you want to do, man, so, all good, when I can follow you, back, motherfucker, I will, okay?
0: Okay, thank you. you.
3: I've been there for like three days, but, you know, slow, 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 slow. Liquid, liquid, liquid. just push it, man. I, you man, you can come work for me, you can come with me, work with me, I can fucking work for you, whatever, man, just, Wait three days, okay?
0: (laughs) All right, dude. (laughs) Pound that like button. (laughs) All right, 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 guys. Um, If you have any questions, just DM me. Uh, If you have any thoughts on what we should have on the next space conversation, also DM me. Let me know. Um, Feel free anytime. We people in the Bitcoin community are very passionate about it. And at any point, we're willing to share what we know. And we're also willing to learn. Like I said earlier, at the beginning, um, Adam has been in this space for a very long time. I've been in this space for a very long time too. (laughs) Adam has travelled to Africa specifically to share and compare notes and also speak at events where Bitcoin is being discussed. So thanks very much Adam for being very passionate about the community. And we will arrange and announce when we have the next space conversation on Bitcoin on the continent. Thank you very much. Thanks everyone. Thanks.
2: Bye-bye.